Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So, if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So, if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So, let's get started. We'll be looking at, at uh, Isaiah chapters 43 and 44 today. <clears throat> and now uh, God is using Isaiah, it looks like, to tell Israel um, who he is, who they are, and how much he loves them. We've come through a section where God is, is using Isaiah to tell them that judgment is coming and so many woes to this nation. But at the end of all this, isn't it interesting that he's telling them, despite all this, despite all your sin, I am going to save you because I am, I still love you. Isn't it almost the way that we, we discipline children? You know, we tell them, hey, look, you know, you've done something wrong. You know, you just disobeyed. And sometimes we you know, put a punishment on them or spank them or do something to a little child. <clears throat> but isn't it interesting how the parent always comes back and will say, you know why I'm doing this, don't you? And the kid goes, I'm not sure. And he'll have to tell them over and over that I'm doing this because I love you. And it's almost, it strikes me is that's the kind of section we're in today. Um, God's telling him, I'm having to punish you, but don't you forget how much I love you, too, at the same time. Let's jump in and take a look. Verse 1, chapter 43. But now, thus says the Lord, thus, meaning, you know, as a result of all this, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Okay? He who created you. He says, look, after all this, but now, don't forget, I'm the, I'm the one who made you. I created you, O Jacob. Jacob, interestingly enough, McGee says means crooked okay and Jacob was kind of a crooked guy tried to trick his dad tricked his brother he manipulated people to um, get his way but from that crooked fella God created a nation 
Who formed you, O Israel? Fear not, I've redeemed you. In other words, he's going to forgive them. And it's not for anything that they did on their own. You know, God is the one that did the redeeming. Look at this. God does the creating. God formed the, the nation. God formed you. God redeemed you. And then he says, I've called you. God called you by name. You are mine. Isn't this like chapter 43, verse 1? Isn't that almost like the whole Bible in one verse? But now, says the Lord, it's on His timetable. He created the world. He created everything in the world. He created all of us. He formed man. He formed us. He formed the nation of Israel. He forms every one of us in our lives. Even though we were crooked, He put us together. Then He says, fear not. Fear. Why should we fear? Because of our sin. Fear not. Even though you have sin, He redeemed us. He redeemed us because of His love. He calls us by name. Jesus Christ is the shepherd who calls each one of His sheep. He has redeemed us through His love. And that love was put into flesh in the form of Jesus Christ. His Word was put into flesh in the form of Jesus Christ. And His redemption was put into action by the actions of Jesus Christ. And He calls us by name through the gospel message of Jesus Christ, He's done the redeeming. We have to repent of our ways, but He's already done the redeeming for us. And then He tells us, you're mine. You're bought with a price. That's the price of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the sin, uh, on the cross for our sins. You know, verse 43 is, you could look at it as the whole Bible right there. But we got to move on. Verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. That's like the people going through the Red Sea. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. That's like the River Jordan. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flames shall not concern you. Tell that to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They weren't burned. Or whatever fires we have to walk through, whatever waters we have to walk through, God is with us. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. The Lord is the Holy One, the One who's been promised that will redeem the nation of Israel. I will give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you. God's saying He's going to use nations in ways that those nations don't even understand. And He's going to use nations to do His work to bring His remnant, His people that are devoted to Him through the waters, through the fires, to Himself. He was going to draw us to Himself. Why is He doing all this? Verse 4, Because you're precious in my eyes and honored and I love you I give men in return for you peoples in exchange for your life 
he's he's got people out there that he's using their wickedness for our redemption to make us change our hearts to understand how much we need God because of his great love for his chosen ones he uses other nations other people in return for us Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. God's going to call people from all nations. He is truly an international God. Isaiah is truly an international prophet. This prophecy is for all nations. Isn't it amazing that the God of the whole world talks like He is the God of the whole world? And all these little other idols... For men, they don't have a plan. And I will say to the north, Give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Verse 7, Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. God's telling Israel who He is and who they are. And he's claiming them as his own. Verse 8, Bring out the people who are blind, yet have eyes, who are deaf, yet have ears. And he's saying, Our people, bring them to me. Even though I made them, they don't even see me as their father. They don't even acknowledge me. Yet, they claim they can see and claim they can hear, but they miss the boat. We'll drop down to a little bit in verse 9. And let them hear and say it is true. Verse 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. The servant whom he's chosen is Jesus Christ. The servant Jesus Christ is going to make sure the people know and believe and understand who He is. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord. And besides me there is no Savior. Isn't that powerful? My goodness. He says His name twice. I, I, referencing Himself, am the Lord. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you. He saves us when we don't put idols ahead of Him. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there's no strange God among you. When there is a strange God among the nation of Israel, they they get punished. He he leaves them. Their punishment is His is. The absence of His presence. That's punishment. We'll drop down to verse 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. God claims Him as His own. We'll drop down to verse uh, 25. And again, He says it again. I am. I am He. 
He, he references his, himself twice. <clears throat> I mean, he's really emphasizing who he is, isn't he? I, I am he who blesses out, who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sin. Why is he doing it? He's doing it for his sake. What does that mean? He's doing it because he loves them. He's forgiving sin, not because of anything we did, because of his love for us. It's his sake that he forgives our sin, that he lays down his life to pay for it. Verse 27, your first father's sin, that's back to Adam, and your meditators transgressed against me. So from the first man to all the representatives of man towards God, everybody sinned towards God. Verse 28, therefore I will profane the princes of the sanctuary and delivered and deliver Jacob to utter destruction and to Israel to reviling which means insulting language what's coming out of their mouth he's saying that all of this was so deserved he blotted out their transgressions because of this original sin, because of all this historical sin. And those who don't turn to him, he's going to give up his presence to a lot of these people. And unfortunately, the, the evil part of this nation will have to be destroyed. Now, verse chapter 44 Verse 1, But now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. But now he's saying again, despite all your sin, he's kind of going back and forth. You know, he's looking at the whole picture here. Because of your sin, look what's happening. Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb, and will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground thirsty land is going to have streams of water on it. It's an analogy not only to the land, but the hearts of the people. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They shall spring up among the grass like the willows by flowing streams. This one I will say I am the Lord's. Another will call out the name of Jacob, and another one will write on his hand the Lord's, and the name himself by the name of Israel. It's the Lord who's going to do it, not us. We'll drop down to verse 8. Is there no rock? I know not any. This is God asking a rhetorical question. I'll, I'll read from the verse uh, 8 again. Fear not, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? There is no 
rock, I know not any. He's telling him, look, for the millionth time, don't you know I'm your father who loves you so much? You don't have anything to be afraid of. I've told you from the beginning. Verse 9. All who fashion idols are nothing, and the things they delight in do not profit. Their witnesses neither see nor know that they may be put to shame. We're talking about idols now. God hates idolatry. Oh my goodness. Why? Because it takes our heart off Him. And then we die because our heart's not on Him. Who fashions is a God or casts out an idol that is profit profitable for nothing. Doesn't do anything when you make something. The ironsmith, verse 12, takes a cutting tool and works it over the coals. He fashions it, hammers it, and works it with his strong arm. He becomes hungry, and his strength fails, and he drinks no water and is faint. The carpenter stretches a line and marks out with a pencil. He shapes it with planes and marks it with a compass. He shapes it into a figure of a man with the beauty of a man to dwell in a house. He cuts down the cedars or chooses a cypress tree or an oak and lets it grow strong among the trees of the forest. He plants a cedar and the rain nourishes it and then it becomes fuel for the man and he takes part of it and warms itself. He kindles a fire and bakes bread and he makes a god and worships it. And he makes an idol and falls down before it. And half of it he burns over the fire. Over half he eats meat and he roasts it and is satisfied. And he warms himself and says, Ah, I'm warm, I have seen the fire. And the rest of it he makes it into a god. His idol, and he falls down to it and worships it. And he prays to it and says, Deliver me for you are my god. It's such a, an, an eloquent study of the life cycle of a piece of wood. The life cycle of a piece of metal. Look what happens to the life cycle of a piece of wood. The person does all these things. He makes it from the same piece of wood. He, he, uh, he builds a fire to eat his meat. You know, part of the wood he's burning so he can cook something. And the other part of the wood he's making an idol. And he's praying to the same piece of wood that he's eating from. It's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of an ironical little life cycle here, but God drills down and nails it. You're praying to something that you planted. You planted that tree yourself and it grew. Then you harvested the tree. You cut it up. You made wood from it. You're going to throw it on the fire and stick it in the oven so you can cook on it, but you're going to pray to the same piece of wood. How about that? He shows man's hypocrisy for his own spirituality for what it is. We'll drop all the way down to verse 28 now. Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, he shall fulfill all my purpose, saying of Jerusalem, she shall be built, and of the temple your foundation should be laid. He's getting ready to talk about Cyrus being revealed as God's instrument. This is going to be the king, future king of Babylon, and it says that when when Cyrus read that he was prophesied about 
in Isaiah, because he read the book of Isaiah, he was fascinated with it and wanted to fulfill this prophecy. And it was this prophecy that changes Cyrus's heart to let the captive people of Israel go and return back to Israel. Because in Isaiah's time, the, the, uh, the, the Babylonians are going to come in, they're going to invade, they're going to take over the southern kingdom, they're going to take all these people back in captivity to Babylon, and there's going to be people who live their whole life there and die there. And that's what the prophet Jeremiah was going to be talking about. It's time in Babylon. And then in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel, that's when the people are returning from Babylon. So next time we'll get into who Cyrus was and his role in doing God's will on earth as it is in heaven. So for me to all of you, I hope this was insightful. I learned so much and there's just so much to be prayerful and meditate on today as we uh, as we go about our day. So for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ and I'll see you next time. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great and I look forward to hearing what you have to say on this teaching. God bless you and I'll see you next time. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Isaiah chapter 43 and chapter 44. So my main take from today's teaching is, you know, what are we giving our lives today to? Um, Are we committed to God or are we replacing something else, um, you know, in the place of God? So, you know... Are we putting, are we idolizing something else, um, you know, instead of prioritizing God in our lives? Because God is the only one who can save us. He is our only savior. You know, um, you know, what are we laboring for? Um, and, you know, what are we committing our time to? So this was my main take um, from, from today's um, lesson. But, um, you know, Chapter 43 of Isaiah, um, it um, looks at, um, you know, God who created um, the nation Israel and redeemed Israel and will restore the nation Israel. So the section reveals that God is not through with the nation Israel. So verses 1 to 2 of, sorry, verses 1 to 12 of um, chapter 43 it's a retrospect and it looks at creation redemption and the preservation of the nation israel verses 13 through to 28 is um, a prospect and it looks at judgment deliverance and redemption of israel in the future so verse one of chapter 43 uh, starts like so but now thus says the lord who created you O jacob and he formed you O israel fear not i have redeemed you i have called you by your name you are mine so this is a clear statement um and god is addressing the nation israel in this particular section so it speaks of the origin of israel so um you know, God has spoken of Jacob. God created the nation Israel out of Jacob. Jacob means the crooked one. So, um, and you know, he made a nation out of Israel from um, Jacob. And um, 
you know, just like God took a rib from Adam and, you know, made a beautiful woman out of it. And God took dust from the ground and breathed life in it and made man who rebelled against God. And um, now God makes sons of God to those who trust and are faithful to him. So um, this is our beginning. And, um, you know, our beginning, we were taken out of dust and God redeemed um um you know god redeemed the nation saved them from the captivity god redeemed the nation israel um by blood and 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 um by power from 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 the nation egypt so um here it looks at you know the origin of the nation israel so they they began from um jacob um and you know and it also looks at our origin, you know, where we originated from. You know, the Bible here clearly states we did not originate from apes and monkeys. We originated from from dust. God breathed life into dust and uh, from dust we were created and to dust we shall return. Verse 2 goes on to read, When you pass through the water, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. So here... Um, it's a promise from God. Um, it's a promise which applies to Israel and God delivered them when they passed through the Red Sea and the river Jordan. So, you know, as an application today for us Christians, you know, God's children, you know, no matter the storms we're going through in life, um, no matter the waters, the, how deep the waters are and, you know, even if we pass through the, you know, the rivers and the, the deep waters, um, you know, we ought to think of God as, you know, our rock. He will see us through. He will help us. He will deliver us. You know, not only should we, you know, sing the praises to God, you know, when we are on that particular rock on a nice, golden, sunny, shiny day, you know, and sing, you know, um, praises to God. Um, we ought to remember God even, um, you know, when we're, um, you know, like God will always, you know, extend his hand to us and help us, you know, even in those stormy times, you know, just like Paul ha said, you know, when he was in the, in the cell, uh, when he was imprisoned, um, when he was in prison, when he wrote his letter to the, the, when he wrote his epistle to the Philippians, you know, he said, we ought to be abound in the base, you know, even when things are going right, we always ought to remember God. And, um, you know, because he is, you know, our rock of ages, um, we ought to lean on him always. So verse three of chapter 43 goes on to read, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy one of Israel, your savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. So here, when God says he gave these nations for their ransom, so, um, you know, it's not scripture contradicting itself. You know, scripture says that, um, those nations, he used them to discipline Israel and he will judge them. You know, just like God, you know, God permitted them to go through um, what they went through and to be treated the way they were treated. Uh, but God did eventually come back and judge them. So, you know, if we apply it today, you know, God makes us go through certain trials and tribulations. You know, we have certain enemies treat us a certain way. This is it, not God punishing us. This is God trying to put us in line. This is God. Um, he wants to bring us in line and to develop us for our deliverance. So if we go to the book of Proverbs. So in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 8. 
It reads, the righteous is delivered from trouble and it comes to the wicked instead. So, you know, when God delivers us, um, um, he, he, um, he puts the wicked in that particular place that they actually put us in. So, um, it's just a way of God putting us back in line and, um, you know, trying to, 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 to save us and to deliver us um, from, you know, that present day situation that we're actually in and to deliver us for the future, you know, for eternal life. So verse four, um, of chapter 43 goes on to read, since you are, since you are precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. So here, you know, we are very, God loves us. He loves us so much. You know, we are precious to him. We are precious in his sight. And he just wants us to be faithful to him and, you know, to, 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 um, obey him. And, um, this is why God, um, you know, he has not given up on us. He is still waiting for us to turn to him because he loves us so much. Um, so if you also look at Proverbs chapter 21, Verse 18, um, it reads, The wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous and the unfaithful for the upright. So, you know, the wicked, you know, like um, God used the nations, you know, Assyria um, and, you know, Babylon. And the wicked were a ransom for the righteous after God delivered his own. So, um, God only uses other people to actually, um, you know, our enemies to actually put us in line so that we may turn to him and we may be delivered and the wicked will take the place of, um, you know, um, you know, God's people who were actually mistreated and, you know, went through a lot of injustices. So verse five and six go on to read, fear not for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I shall give the north. I shall say to the north, give them up and to the south. Do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. So God states here that he will regather the nation Israel. Um, and this is reaffirmed if we look at the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 31, verse 10, which reads, Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it's in the easels afar off and say, He who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. So hear, you know, hear the word of the Lord. And, um, you know, you know, like in present day application, you know, here we're supposed to hear the word of the Lord, you know, hear the word of the Lord, you know, the premillennialists, the postmillennialists, you know, the doubters, the liberals, um, you know, hear the word of the Lord. The Lord will regather the nation Israel um, again. And it is reaffirmed in scripture here in Jeremiah. So um, if I drop down to... Um, um, let me just read through from verse 7. Everyone who is called by my name, who I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Verse 8. Bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. Let all nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring 
out their sorry am i reading the right okay yeah let them bring out um their witness that they may be justified or let them hear and say it in is truth it's is truth so god is going to um regather his nation israel you know wherever they are scattered uh, god is not done with the nation israel so here verse 10 goes on to read you are my witnesses says the lord and my servant whom i have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that i am he before me there is no god formed nor shall they be after me so here you know god is stating he has no equal you know um he has no competitor he is the one true god he is the creator he is the savior he is our lighthouse he is our rock he has no equal so you know everything else that um man tries to put in his place um is nothing but an idol and do not be fooled you know there is only one true living god verse 11 goes on to say i even i am the lord and besides me there is no savior so here you know christianity teaches salvation it's only you know the only religion and on earth that actually teaches um um you know salvation and uh because the lord is as is, is is um gonna save us um you know if we turn to him verse 12 goes on to read i have declared and saved I have proclaimed and there was no foreign god among you therefore you are my witness says, says you are my witnesses says the lord that I am god so here it opens up with the subject of idolatry here in verse 12 you know as long as you know they don't go into idolatry the israelites his people he will bless them so you know modern day application you know do not replace god or substitute God for anything else. God will bless you if um if we actually turn to him and have faith and believe in him um and not replace him with any other um idols. So um here uh this section um you know the nation so 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 here we we come to um another section which looks at the judgment deliverance and redemption of Israel in the future so this is a new section of prospect and um i'll just quickly read through from verse 13 to verse 15 um and it reads indeed therefore the day was i am he and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand i work and who will reserve it thus says the lord your redeemer the holy one of israel for your sake i will send to babylon and bring them all down as fugitives the shaldeans uh, who rejoice in their ships i am the lord your holy one the creator of israel your king so here you know the nation israel is the subject as we can see and god takes responsibility for bringing them into existence so he is their king and it's an affirmation of the deity of god and you know god claims them because he is their creator he is our king um you know even today you know god is our creator god created us i mean we just didn't come up from nowhere you know um you know we have a creator a maker and you know this just affirms god's deity you know um god's claim on us um that he actually created and made us so let's just drop down all the way to verse 25 which reads i even i am 
who blots out your transgressors for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. So here, you know, God intends to forgive them on the same basis he has forgiven us. You know, um, God intends to forgive uh, the nation Israel, you know, because, you know, um, our sins were paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, you know, in the future, God will actually forgive them of their sins and he will regather the nation Israel because God's not done with that nation. Verse 27 and 28. So verse 27 reads, your first father sinned and your mediators have transgressed against me. So here, this um, is a reference to Abraham. Verse 28 goes on to read, therefore I will profane the princes of the sanctuary. I will give Jacob to the curse and Israel to reproaches. So here, um, you know, if you look at the present condition of the nation Israel today, this actually reaffirms it, um, you know, because they have departed from God. And um, this is why we see, you know, so many problems, the curse that is, um, you know, upon um, the descendants of Jacob. And, you know, Israel um, has been cursed and Israel to, to its reproaches, to its enemies. Because they have departed from God today. There are so many liberals, so many doubters, so many premillennialists, and you know, questioning the, the you know, um, the son that um, God actually sent to come and save us from our sins. So until they return to God, uh, God is not done with the nation Israel. He will regap them. So here, chapter 44, it looks at the pouring out of the Spirit in a satirical. Um, denunciation um, of and it's in a satirical way and the denunciation of idolatry and the identification of Cyrus so here uh, verses 1 to 8 is the promise of the spirit and um, you know um, we start from verse 3 and it goes oh and then sorry verses 9 to 20 is the plumeric um, against idolatry and how God is actually going to deal with it. So here um, it reads, Yet hear now, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. So, you know, Israel, again, the Reformation, it's the chosen nation. God is not yet done through with Israel. Thus is the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb. Um, it looks at the origin of Israel here. Uh, who will help you? Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshurun, uh, whom I have chosen. So verse 3 goes on to read, um, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. So here it's a reference to the pouring out of the spirit, which corresponds to... Um, the um, scripture in um, Joel, Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through to 32, you know, um, it just corresponds, you know, that it wasn't the fulfillment of the day of Pentecost because when Peter quoted from it, he did two things. So he said, this is that, and he didn't say that it was the fulfillment Um Instead, they ridiculed it and um, they said that, you know, the men there were just filled with wine. And he also says the spirit was not poured out on all flesh on Pentecost, but um, it is on all flesh here. So here, um, 
in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to 32. I will just quickly read through it. Um, it says, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So, you know, on the day of Pentecost, the spirit wasn't poured out on all flesh. So, um, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my man servants and my maid servants, I will pour out uh, my spirit in those days. Um, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Um, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved from for a mount for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance and the Lord has said among the remnants whom the Lord calls. So here um, this is corresponding with um, the pouring out of the spirit here um, you know for I will pour out um, on him who thirsts and the floods um, on the ground I will pour my spirit on all your descendants and my blessing on all your offspring. So this, um, it wasn't the fulfillment of the day of Pentecost. Um, and scripture actually corresponds to that because on the day of Pentecost, uh, the spirit was not poured out on everybody. Um, then, but now the spirit will be poured out on everybody. And, um, this is, and here, this is not the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. So here, um, you know, from verse 9 to 20, we look at, you know, God's um, wrath against um, and how he will deal with um, idolatry. So we drop down to verse 9, which reads, Those who make an image, all of them are useless and their precious things shall not profit. They are their own witnesses. They neither see nor know and they may be ashamed. So here... Um, you know, it's a, it's a satire against idolatry. So um, those who make images um, are witnesses to senseless characters. You know, you know their, their images can't talk, can't save them, can't, you know, can't see them. I mean, they, they used um, what God has already put on earth to actually make their own small gods. And, um, you know, um, their, their images are senseless. Um, they shall not profit anything from them. Verse 10 goes on to read, Who would form a god or mold an image that profits him nothing? So, you know, here, it's a, it's a satire, it's a mockery saying, you know, um, you spend all your time making a god and, you, you, you know, you can't make a god. God created us. God made us. God made everything that's here on earth. And even, you know, um, the objects and tools that you're using to actually make your god. Who can't see you? Who can't do anything to you? You're always, like, thinking, oh, my god is not answering my prayers because he's angry at me. You always tend to think, oh, my god is angry at me. A god that you actually made. We can't make a god because we were created by, you know, a bigger power. Um... Verse 12 goes on to read, the blacksmith with the tongues, with the tongues, works one in the coals, fashions it with hammers and works uh, it with the strength of his arms. Even so, he is hungry and his strength fails. He drinks no water and 
is faint. So here, um, scripture describes the making of idols. And, you know, after all the labor that, uh, you know, the blacksmith puts in, after all the labor that we actually put in to idolize something here on earth that didn't create us, what do we get out of it? Nothing. You know, we get a beautiful nothing, like the people who make idols out of gold, silver, and all the precious stones. You get this beautiful nothing that does nothing for you. So, you know, this is, um, you know, the origin of, you know, of man-made, if a man-made God begins in the forest. You know, uh, when man feels cold, you know, you go cut a tree, make a fire, and, you know, um, all these things God put on earth. You know, he provides shelter, he provides heat for us and all, which the idol that you're laboring and tiring so hard for cannot do for you. So an idol cannot do anything for you and me. Many of us give ourselves to those things today that can't help save us. Um, and you know, what's, what are we giving our lives, uh, to today? You know, are we giving our lives to God? Um, um, or are we giving our lives to, you know, the daily hustle? Um, you know, how much time are we putting in for God? This is what we're supposed to be asking ourselves today because God loves us so much and he wants us to turn to him in order for us to receive redemption and salvation. So moving all the way down to chapter 28, here we see the introduction of Cyrus. So here uh, verse 28 reads, Who says of Cyrus, He is my shepherd and he shall perform all my pleasures saying to Jerusalem you shall be built and to the temple your foundation shall be laid so here it's an introduction of a man called Cyrus so this man was marked out even before he was born so he came out of the east and um we shall know more about Cyrus um in the next um teachings that's from verse 45 or chapter 45 so for now um this is where our teaching comes to an end our study comes to an end thank you all for tuning in and have a pleasant thursday god bless and bye-bye